Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This is the Action Network Podcast. Crushed it. It's good. Without further ado. That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. I'm going to just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely not. Spread the floor. Let's go. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, NBA Finals Edition. It's here. The last series of the 2021 playoffs has arrived. The Phoenix Suns take on the Milwaukee Bucks in what should be a really fun series if Giannis Antetokounmpo can play and no one else gets hurt, which seems like it's asking a lot at this point. Joining me as always are Raheem Palmer and Brandon Anderson. We are recording this episode on Monday night, July 5th. Hope you guys had a great 4th of July holiday. A reminder that all of today's bets are available in the Action Network app, you can track all of your bets, get up to the lines, uh, up to the second lines on everything that you want to know, get numbers, percentages, models, Raheem Palmer's models, Brandon's props, my random X's and O's breakdowns, everything that comes along with it. You can find the Action Network app and to all of today's odds are courtesy of BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. We'll go over today. What the series looks like from both sides. We'll talk about props. We'll talk about series lines. We'll talk about everything. And we'll try and get Raheem Palmer to invest some of his hard-earned money on a side as he is currently being his usual cautious self. And we'll find out what absolutely ridiculous long odds prop Brandon's going to talk himself into (laughs) and look like a genius in about seven days before he ultimately loses. We'll do all that and more (laughs) on today's show. But let's start with fellas how was your weekend Raheem did, how did you get you guys were both were both really burned out um because both of you not only cover the NBA but you also do writing for the NFL um and so you've just been going non-stop for for 10 months did you get the break that you needed did you have a good fourth of July Raheem um I did not take a break I actually spent all day writing two pieces I wrote a piece on live betting that is coming out tomorrow how to live bet the NBA finals I also wrote a piece about the 93 Suns I I did a lot of research I found every single odds for um all of the games for the 93 finals I found the odds for yeah I found everything like it's just it's really comprehensive so Check it out tomorrow on the Action Network. So I just really spent the weekend ground, grinding. And then I also, I had a big bet on the Milwaukee Bucks the other day. I know I, um, 
I put it in an app that I like the Hawks pregame. And I did take some Hawks pregame, but I watched the first two minutes of the game and I hammered the Bucks. So I had a pretty good weekend. Um, Ultimately, it was like my first losing week in like four months. Uh, I had a great weekend because Suns, Bucks, cash for me. I had a lot of props on that series. And that mm. pretty much, that I, I, I had to go through and, and clear out my spreadsheet. I'm now ahead substantially despite all the money on the Nets futures and Lakers futures that I took throughout the year. I am now up. And, and no matter what, I have hedged my positions correctly um, that Suns, no matter who wins in Suns and Bucks, I'm still having, I'm going to be fine. I'm in a great spot regardless there. Um, I am glad that you went ahead and did not rest so that you will be cranky and lost this entire time. Um, I'm also annoyed that you did the opposite of what I did, which was after game five, I love the Bucks. I was like, I like the Bucks. They're going to win the series. They're, they are the better team. Like that game four was, was an absolute like aberration mm-hmm. that's, I should have, I expected the Hawks to get two games in this series. I should have been expecting. And then I, I'm, I'm not kidding you, Raheem. I'm not kidding you. I had a dream on Friday night <laughs> that Clint Capella had a monster game. Just like, wow. I'm just sitting there having a dream that like, and it was one of those that felt so real it felt like deja vu i swear to god i got up and i cashed out on all my bucks bets and i put in (laughs) hawks money line for less because i was still like this is a dream and this is stupid but i couldn't shake it and i was so mad at myself i would have finished eight and one in conference finals on sides but wow the dream talked me first thing i got i gotta say that's impressive that you still finish in the green with your futures because you hammered the nets and the lakers Mm mm-hmm so still so, coming in ahead. That's that's amazing. Yeah, well, a lot of it was you have to like this podcast has helped a lot. So for those of you that don't know, like I just add on to futures like constantly. Like I am always accumulating futures positions like they're stock. And one of the things that happened though was the Lakers going down was really helpful for me actually because what it did was it opened it up and it allowed me to be like, wait, I don't just have to bet the Lakers to win the title. Mm-hmm. Like I can, you know, and I had like Nets futures and all those things, but because I was betting finals matchups the odds were really long while the outcomes were reasonably high. Like that's just, I don't think that's an efficient market. When I look at the numbers that you get on those outcomes, if you bet it right and you wait for the, for those odds to get to the right spot, because like I was buying sun's bucks at various low points. Like when the bucks went down to the nets, I bought more sun's bucks and stuff like that. So I wasn't just buying the bucks low, I was getting an elevated price while the Suns were beating the shit out of the Nuggets. Like I could feel good about the Suns, and I could also feel good about the Bucks. Now, like my margin would have been a lot better, right? If I just if I just just bet Suns Bucks and just held on to that mm-hmm. the whole way. But I am looking for more like marginal opportunities to build the best position. And like, look, if the Lakers and Nets had hit, I'd be up even more. Like I'd be up way big. I'm mm-hmm. fine because I managed to get on Suns Bucks. And because mm-hmm. honestly, like the numbers on those, like looking back when I looked back at one, I bet um, one, I bet Suns Bucks on, on May 27th, like was one was my original position on that. And at that point, like you're so far out and like, that's, I can't take a lot of credit on that. Cause it's like, look, the same maladies that hit everybody else could have hit the Suns of the Bucks there. And they mm-hmm. in the park did. Right. But 
um, I did add on to them appropriately as it, as it went on. Um, Brandon, I understand that you, however, had a much better 4th of July weekend and uh, got some actual rest. While the rest I, well, of us actually did I, I don't know about rest so much. I did get some rest from the NBA grind. I uh, got to get out of town a little bit, had to head out to Kentucky and got to spend the weekend with two of my favorite families in the whole world. My idea of a getaway weekend is, is uh, putting myself into a house with 11 children and we just played games. We played knockout all weekend in like the 90 degree weather. We had a slip and slide with a camp for campfire s'mores, wire balloon fights, three nights of fireworks, you know, the whole thing. So I am physically exhausted. I am mentally recharged. I'm ready for finals. <laughs> I, I, I shouts to the Peterson and bear kids who not only support, and I was even listening to this podcast, even though they didn't follow basketball at all, all weekend, they kept asking Mr. Brandon, how, how are our bets doing? How are we doing? Are we winning? So I, I, I've like explained the whole sports betting world. They're in. They want to hear about Dollar Store Durant on Saturday. We hit our turnovers. Top. <laughs> we cashed our Joey Chestnuts hot dogs over on the 4th of July. It was a great weekend. I'm, I'm recharged. I'm ready. You got to get that 4th of July Joey Chestnut over. That's like free money every year. So let's do some finals. I, uh, I went to an MLS game on 4th of July. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I went to I went to the Rapids Sounders game mm-hmm. in uh, in Denver, and it was awesome, and it was a lot of fun, and I lost a little money because I live bet the Rapids because they were getting great shots on goal, and because I don't understand soccer enough to understand how much time is left in the game. Um, but other than that, it was a great night, a fabulous arena or stadium. Uh, it was beautiful. It was a clear night and the b- biggest fireworks show in the state of Colorado. So got to enjoy that with my kids. It was a good time. All right. That's enough. Like warm and fuzzies. Let's, let's do some fucking basketball. Right. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Suns and Bucks. Let's get everybody up to speed on where we're at right now. Um, as of right now, we're recording this at 1130 Eastern on <clears throat> Monday night. Yasan and Kumpo about, I don't know, an hour or two ago was officially listed as doubtful for game one, which is tomorrow night on Tuesday. Um, he, the report from, from <clears throat> Chris Haynes before game six was that if it had gone seven, Giannis was a maybe to play in game seven, which would have been tonight. So to me, this is kind of what I'm expecting. So I, I will tell you what I've heard. Um, the, the I will refer to this as burblings. So this is not, I haven't spoken to Giannis's trainer. I haven't spoken to anybody inside the Milwaukee Bucks organization. I haven't spoken to Giannis Antetokounmpo himself. He and I are not texting, right? This is just like what people in the league are saying. The idea was like, I've heard middle of the finals is a thing that I've heard multiple people say is like, I've heard middle of the finals. He should be back. You could ask, like, when's the middle of the finals? Because if the Suns sweep them, middle of the finals <laughs> is game two and is between game two and game three. Um, I will say this I expect him to, I am entering this series under, for me personally, this is like a, I am factoring in all of my knowledge of, of experience in, in watching the injuries and everything else. I'm expecting game three. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think two is maybe like, 50 50 60 40 i think game three is probably above like 70 percent that he plays Mm. so i'm expecting like game three again this is not like do not consider this to be like matt moore the action network is reporting i am everyone's guessing here and yeah 
I could be way off because Giannis can get there and just be like, I don't feel right. And that's it. Like <clears throat> he can get, he could tomorrow. He could wake up and be like, I'm ready to go. And then he could work out before the game and be like, mm, nah, like that's how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So let's assume for right now, we're going into the series that Giannis is not going to play in game one and he's not going to play in game two. Let's make his availability for game three and four, like at least like a coin flip. Okay. Mm. So that's what we're going to do is like our operating procedure. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo is out. Everybody's healthy for the Suns. We're locked in and ready to go. Let's start on the Sun side. Uh, I'm, I wrote to net today an article uh, on Action Network, which will be up when you read this, which is, if you want to bet the Suns, I have all the reasons that you should. Uh, it's basically like confirmation bias. It's if you're, if you're like, I think the Suns, but I want to feel better about it. This is the article for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My base opinion with the Suns is this. They have more paths to victory, which I was not my position going into writing the article. I was very much leaning towards Bucks. I have a Bucks beat Suns ticket from several weeks ago. I like the Bucks. I've liked them consistently. I like the matchup in concept. When I dug in, I am now leaning in the other way. Um, Brandon, let's start with you. When the Suns are on offense, what do you think are the biggest keys for the series? Yeah, so I think... I think that I see a big advantage coming from just Chris Paul and Devin Booker just doing their thing. I mean, we, we know exactly what they're going to do. Phoenix knows what they're going to do. Milwaukee knows what they're going to do. And th- this is the test. This is the ultimate test to see, okay, all this work that Milwaukee's defense has done all season long, they've been you know, experimenting. Can, can the drop coverage hold up at the highest levels? Can the switching thing work? And they've done more and more of that at times in the postseason. Um, that I, especially early, especially because, like you said, we're assuming that Giannis probably doesn't play for at least a couple of games. Now we're looking at a Bucks defense that has to pretty much keep Brooke Lopez out there, just because they don't have other options. They 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 can't. They're out of they're out of bodies. It's either Brooke or it's Bobby Portis and Portis. Don't forget, got played completely off the court out of the series in Brooklyn. He could have just stayed home and watched on TV. He didn't play a second in the last three minutes, so or the last three games, sorry. And I, I, I think that Chris Paul and Devin Booker just attacking, attacking, attacking that over and over again. I see that as as just really, you know, keeping their thumb on, just really putting the pressure on that pressure point that we've seen affect Milwaukee a lot. Um, if Lopez takes an extra half step out, trying to take that little elbow jumper away from Booker, from CP, we, we know it's coming. Now it's Aiton. Okay, so we've seen what Aiton can do in the postseason. I, I need to see, I need to see engaged DeAndre Aiton. I need to see aggressive DeAndre Aiton. I think in those moments when Lopez, you know, when he steps out a little bit, okay, or when they switch, and now they're switching. And now, you know, now who's on downgrade and is it PJ Tucker? Is it, is it somebody much smaller? I need to see somebody, I need to see Aiton with his huge size and strength advantage, use it. I need to see it happen. And yeah, I just, I feel like, I feel like the Suns are going to have not just CP and Booker, but campaign 
don't forget he got hurt last series. So I think this like almost a week off is really big for him to get healthy. He's been great in the playoffs coming off the bench, providing energy. The Bucks are a tired team, I think, and Payne's energy against a bench unit that is lacking more than ever while they're so shorthanded. I think that that's just a third guard that can just keep, keep them coming, just keep on coming. So I, the Bucks defense has been great in the playoffs. It's why they're still here. It's not the offense. They, they've done just enough. The defense is why they're here. But I like a lot of how the Suns do match up with them. Okay. Um, some things there. One, I think the campaign – Payne's an interesting one in the series for this reason. Uh, when Payne's hit big shots – like that's what he's done is he's just like, wow, a campaign hit another open three. Like, wow. Campaign hit another contested shot. Like, wow. Campaign got to the rim when campaign had to run actual offense. Things did not go well. <laughs> like when he had to run actual pick and roll, it was bad. <laughs> it was just bad. Um, and I think that that's still kind of a limitation is I- I'll say this. The Suns' offense struggled with the Clippers' defense. And you could say, like, well, yeah, that's, that's because the Clippers switch everything. Yeah, but they still don't have good defenders. The Bucks have great defenders. Like, Raheem, I'll tell you right now, um, I'm on Suns' money line for game one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be betting the unders, I think, a lot in this series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until yeah. the lines adjust. Because... Look, I mean, they're not – it's not like we have this, like, big juicy number that we can just, like, really think it has a lot of EV here. It's 218, right? It's 218 and a half for game one. But I do think this is going to be more 104, 107, 100, 103. Both of these teams are exceptional defensively. I looked this up. This is the number one and number two teams in allowed field goal percentage at the rim. Mm-hmm. I think for the Suns offensively, a lot of it really is going to come down to contested shot making. I do give them the edge there because they've got, they've got Chris Paul and they've got especially Devin. I'll say this, like Chris's shooting numbers are a little concerning. Like Mm -hmm. you, you go back and you look at game six, he was phenomenal versus the Clippers in game six. He was terrific in the entire four games versus the Nuggets. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the point. He's the point guy. Full respect to him. I got a whole thing up about his career and what this means. Big Chris Paul guy here. The shooting, quite honestly, has been a little wobbly. I mean, how much is that has to do with the fact that he just came back from COVID? Because I think that's when his shooting, because we saw him in the Nuggets series and he made everything. If that's your take, then you cannot think that he's going to shake it, though. That's my thing. Tatum talked about how it stayed with him for months. Everybody, that's if he had it, which again we haven't confirmed. Yeah. Like, there's been there has been suggestions of a of a positive test. There's been assumptions, but maybe, maybe some of that some of that could be rust too. I mean, he missed what he missed like 14 days, and he played. He only played. He didn't play games one and two. It could so have he been only four, no, it could have been 14 days, right? Because it was like he got he he got diagnosed on like Wednesday. And then, like that first game was like a week later. It wasn't two weeks. It was. It was probably like it, it was. It was close to like 10, 10 days, and he couldn't practice. Do you think that Chris Paul is so rusty after ten days, like that ten days would cause that much rust or that much rust on him? 
see, I'm I'm struggling to 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 determine what it is because he did come back in Game Six and he had everything. And so, so that that's the I think here's the thing. I think that your framework here is something that I'm a little. I don't think it's wrong if you want to yeah. follow through with it. Yeah. I'm a little cautious on it because mm-hmm. it fits into like this very neat narrative package, right? Like, oh, he had COVID, he got better, he hit shots yeah. in Game Six. When it's like, what if his variance is just higher now? Gotcha. Like, he's like 36. Like, mm-hmm. what if the variance is just higher now? And he's gonna and. Brandon and I were talking about this. Here's a big key when they're on offense. Um, mm-hmm. In the regular season, the Suns won both matchups by a combined two points. Drew Holiday did not play in one of the games. Giannis got hurt, I believe, in the other game late. He twisted an ankle. DiVincenzo guarded CP3 a lot. And you say, like, ooh, but, but, but DiVincenzo's not there. To which I say, yeah, here's the problem. He didn't actually do a good job. Chris mm-hmm. got to whatever spot he wanted and was clean because DiVincenzo wasn't able to get off of screens. The biggest thing that Drew Holiday can do is he's so athletic. He can mm-hmm. come off that screen, recover. It's a lot different when you have a defender that you're comfortable against putting him in jail on your hip versus mm-hmm. Drew Holiday, who's really good about recovering and can get over the, the backside and block it. And when CP3 feels pressure at this point in his career, he is more likely to either dribble out and try and extend that to try, like he may try and force Brooke Lopez into the switch, but the Bucks are really good about denying that. Like they are really good about just like, they don't allow you to get that switch. If they play drop, it comes off and CP3 dribbles towards the baseline. Drew Holiday is going to tail him and just be like, look, if you give Aiton an 18 footer, fine. Have at it. Like, We'll give up the pick and pop. That's fine. But Drew Holiday is going to be chasing you down. We're not going to let you get Brooke Lopez on an island. They're like, I am the number one, the drop sucks guy. The Bucs are doing an exceptional job. If you're going to play it, you got to play it how the Bucs have played it. So this is all to say that, like, I think that a lot of this, if you want to go in on the Suns, you need to have a lot of faith that Devin Booker is going to be absolutely thermonuclear in this series. Gotcha. Even if he's not so, thermonuclear, it's he didn't even be thermonuclear because, like, we'll get to this with the Bucks in a minute. But like, to me, the argument is basically: I think this is going to be a rock fight, and Booker's going to hit enough tough shots. That's where I'm at right now. So you're basically saying that you think that Drew Holiday is going to come out guarding Chris Paul, and basically Devin Booker's going to win MVP if yeah. the Suns are going to win the series. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think there's, I think there's value. Now I've got Chris Paul plus 400 ticket from before the, they won the conference finals. I bet that after they won, after they went up three, one, I believe that's when I got Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brandon, like that, that's, I, I do think that that's probably where I see the value. Um, you talk about Aiton. I'll say this. The Suns don't give him the ball on switches, Brandon. Yeah. They don't. They give it. They they give it to him on cuts. Sometimes they'll do it for a quarter, just to like they did this versus the Clippers, basically to be like, if you do not put a body on him, if you pay attention to our ball handlers, we're gonna hit him with lobs and cuts, just enough to to make sure that their ball handlers get space. But other than that, they're a jump shooting team. Like, 
they just that's what they want to do is like the Suns want to go want to move the ball, play pick and roll and hit jump shots. Like that's what they want to do. Like I would love for them if, if you could tell me that they were going to give the ball to Aiton on switches and have him punish PJ Tucker or punish Drew Holiday or mid great. I don't think they'll do it, which I think is another reason why like the Suns are going to have more trouble offensively. You can talk yourself into a very uh, 10,000 foot view of like the Suns are going to win the series four one because they can actually score and the Bucks can't. The Bucks are such a great defensive team. They are going to make things hard on the Suns and they do not trust Aiton enough to just be like, all right, big fella, you got the switch, go get him. Do you agree? Yeah, I do agree. I mean, we, we saw that, I forget which game it was, the, the game last series when Zubac suddenly was out and everyone was all excited to start betting, you know, hammering the Aiton over. It's like, all right, well, here we go. No size. So Aiton, go to work, buddy. And we, we've talked about this on our podcast before. Like, that's just, that's not what they do. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is Joel Embiid. It turns out just Joel Embiid is Joel Embiid. Like when you're, when you're not the modern, you know, not many modern teams just dump it into the post and let them do their thing. And when you're not that, it's not easy to just do that. Like that's, yeah, that's not what Chris Paul and what Dunn Booker have done. So it's, it's not like an easy switch. And, and really it's like, like you're saying, it's one that we've seen them choose not to do. Like we've seen when they should have had that advantage and hammered the advantage and still not gone to it. So I think, I think it's a good point. I, I want to push back about the Chris Paul thing. So yeah. What, tell me more about your concern about Chris Paul's shooting because so, I, so I'm looking at the numbers right now. Mm-hmm. So he missed those two games. It was, it was 11 days off between games, by the way. So June 13th was the last Denver game, June 24th for the Clippers. Those first two games back, terrible, terrible shooting numbers. Five of 19, six of 22, real bad, 26 and 27%. So no arguments there, two horrible shooting games. The next game, eight of 19, it's not great. But that's all of six on threes, which is variance. And it's eight of 13 on twos, which is really good for Chris Paul. Next game, 16 of 24, which is boosted by the threes, but still really good on twos also. And then, okay, so we know that the Nuggets thing was a huge outlier. We know that that was like historically good mid-range shooting. We saw those numbers then. The Lakers series is the other side. He didn't have a shoulder. He literally couldn't shoot. He wasn't even trying to shoot. Mm -hmm. Like as I look at the numbers, the number that I see that that stands out actually those last four Clippers games, the only four he played, he shot seven, three, six, and eight three pointers that I like, because that tells me he actually feels confident in the three pointer. Now he feels confident in a shot. Now we saw, you know, he wasn't even taking those. He wasn't even, he was passing them up early in the year. So to me, it's the shoulder thing. And we're a month out from that now. And he just had another week off. We don't know. We don't know the COVID thing. We have no way to know. All we can do, you know, same as the honest thing. We only can guess. But I think that the shooting, the way that the the volume is up on his shots and the confidence he's showing in his own shot gives me confidence in it. Yeah. So here's the trick, Brandon, is that uh, I have more resources than you. Um, that's the, the real <laughs> lesson here. So uh, I have access to some numbers, thanks to a friend. Um, this is provided to me from Second Spectrum. Mm-hmm. I pulled all the contested jumper rates for both play for all the players in both series. And amongst the guys that have actually taken a reasonable amount of them, there are 11 players uh, that have basically taken at least 50 contested jumpers in the playoffs. And that's what I care about. Can you make contested ones? Like Chris Mm -hmm. is going to hit a fair amount of like open ones. I'll say this. If the Milwaukee bucks are leaving Chris Paul open, 
something has probably gone wrong that's greater and the Bucks are already screwed. But let's assume, let's give them the benefit of the doubt of a great defense and say that's not going to happen. Of the 11 players on contested jumpers that I've got tracked for this thing, Chris Paul is eighth at 47.3% effective field goal percentage. Not, not field goal percentage, EFG. You're below 50%. That's concerning. The top, the top three are Forbes, Connaughton, and Lopez, obviously with lower amounts, but they've shot really well under contest. The best high volume dude is Devin, is Booker, obviously, 52.46. Mm-hmm. And then Crowder at 50.95. That makes a lot of sense. And that matters to me in terms of the Suns thing. But then you got mid, uh, you got campaign, and then you got mid, and then you got Chris Paul. So this is kind of my point here is I think the best way to put it is maybe the easy stuff is, is still what he can absolutely knock down. And we saw that in the Denver series. Mm-hmm. And we even saw it some in the Clippers series when the, when it's and like the Clippers have breakdowns. They're not a great defensive team. That's why I like the Suns in that series. The Clippers aren't a great defensive team. The Bucks are a great defensive team. And I think Chris is going to have to hit contested stuff. And Chris is going to have nights when he hits some contested stuff. He's going to have games where he hits a lot of contested stuff. I think overall there's at least, I have some concern about variability from game to game in the series. Does that make sense? It does. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I guess I feel, I, I feel largely the same way. It's just that I, I'm expecting Drew to defend Booker largely. So I'm expecting big variants from Booker and don't like him as finals MVP. I, I think Booker has a couple of really big games and then, you know, that Drew gets up in his grill and, and gets into him. So why do we think, you know, so holiday guarded Booker in the season when DiVincenzo was available to play, why won't it be, you know, who Pat Connaughton or whoever is next why does Drew switch over to Chris Paul? Because if if the Bucs agree with you that Booker is the real danger in the series, then shouldn't Drew Holiday be on Booker? Uh, the majority of time in the regular season, according to NBA.com's matchup stats, Drew Holiday defended Chris Paul. On right. well, fine, point. but you told wow. me DiVincenzo was guarding him. So I can yeah, you definitely... No, 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 no. One of the reasons DiVincenzo was guarding Chris Paul was in one of the games Drew Holiday did not play. Sure. Okay. That's so, fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. And so here, here's a lot of it. This is actually a problem for, I think, the, the Bucks in this series. Mid guarded Booker most of the time. I, here's what's kind of surprising Devin shot five of 12, 47% shooting. These numbers are really, I got to stress this. I always use whenever I say, and like it's a running joke with, with colleagues that I always say this. I always refer to it as NBA.com's admittedly wonky tracking data. So, the mm-hmm. matchup stuff is not perfect. It's just not like there's, there's noise in it. It's hard for the cameras to get like, ex- you're often face you're often defended by multiple people. It turns out, but mid did the did most of the time on Booker. I actually kind of think that mid and Booker are just going to basically guard each other. Most of the series. I think that it's possible that Mikhail Bridges gets a turn on mid. I think that that's, I think that's possible given that if they start Portis without Giannis out, right. And you're probably like, okay, like, oh, we could, we can probably get around this. Like maybe Bridges takes Portis, maybe, Mm -hmm. but I can see a lot more flexibility there. Um, I do think, however, I think Drew's going to take Chris Paul. Uh, If for no other reason than if you cut off pick and roll and it's all Booker ISO stuff, that's what the Bucks want. Like if you're the Bucks, don't you want that? Like you're just like, yeah, (laughs) all right, all right, Dev, try and score seventy. Like we're, we're going to limit your three pointers. We're going to protect the rim. We're not going to let you get easy stuff. And we're going to make Booker score 70 and we're going to wear you out. 
Like that sounds like Buck's strategy, does it not? I think it does, but why yeah. why can't Booker you know, he's been point booker before and he's had big assist games. So so isn't that the answer to that then? Like Yes, which is why we probably which is why we probably lean towards Sure. Which is why we mm-hmm. probably lean towards Suns. But it doesn't yeah. mean that the Chris Paul stuff is wrong, right? Sure. Yeah. That, yeah. I think back to, to to my original point is just like you got Chris Paul and Drew Chris Paul and Devin Booker is two and Drew Holiday is one. So whichever one, I, I, you you've convinced me. Drew Holiday probably guards Chris Paul. Whichever mm-hmm. one he can't guard because there's only one of him, then I like that the other one is still going to be able to keep putting that hitting that pressure point. Here's a question for you. Who does Booker guard? Let's go to the Bucks. Who does who does because we'll come back to this. Who does Booker guard? Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, I, th- I think that's that's a major issue, and I expect. I like. I came into the series expecting the Bucks to hunt him down. You think? Yeah. So it's just like, I think that's, that's involving him in pick and roll. So he guarded mid, like I said, most of the time. You can't put him on Portis. Like Bobby, you could say like, well, I'm not worried about Bobby Portis. Bobby will just beat the shit out of him. Like it's not even about like. Because this is the whole thing with the the big question with who Booker Booker guards is not Booker's a bad defender. He's the worst defender of their bunch, but who cares? He's awesome offensively. The big key here is the Bucks are going to try and wear Devin Booker out. Yeah. If he guards mid, then if they switch, he, they're going to run him up against Brooke or against Portis. And then he's going to get bodied a lot. And that's going to be exhausting. Like if they put just, just putting him in pick and roll, cause you have to navigate all that stuff is exhausting. So I think that's like probably the bucks play is like, they just probably target him over and over and over again. Like if bridges starts out on Portis, like, honestly, I'll be really interested to see what happens when Giannis gets back. Right. Because if it's the starts, the standard starting five, how do you match that up? Like, uh, okay. You know, yeah. Aiden guards Brooke, mm-hmm. but Aiden guarded, Giannis most of the time in the regular season, which is fine. You can have Crowder guard Brooke and just be like, we're going to try and stay home and contest the threes. Right. That's fine. So then it becomes like in that third spot, how do you like, you know, do they go back to kind of, there are all these like questions that come yeah, out of this but, with the rotation. So I, I think shouldn't, I guess I have been assuming that Mikhail would get the first assignment on Middleton and then that Booker, you put Booker on Connaughton or whoever, whoever that other guy is, Forbes, well, Connaughton, whoever. If it's and, if and it's, then, well, it's not going to be Connaughton, I would bet they're going to play Portis again. So do you put do you put Booker on Portis and let Portis just ram him under the basket? No, I think I put I think I put Crowder on Portis in that matchup because because Giannis is out. So who do you put Booker on? There? Isn't there still a fifth? We're missing a fifth starter. We're we're missing the DiVincenzo Connaughton spot, aren't we? So it they started Booker, or they started Chris, Drew, Tucker, Lopez. Okay, yeah, Bobby. yeah. Forgot, so forgot about put, Tucker. Do you put Booker on Tucker? Sure. Why, why yeah, I think that's, that's that's exactly where you had him at. Because okay. all all Tucker's going to do is stand in the corner, but I think the Bucks are going to beat them up on the offensive glass. Yep. Yeah, they're definitely gonna try to for sure. I mean, they're gonna like the Suns. The yeah. Suns' second chance points is a, is one of the few like, oh, that's kind of concerning. They have a yeah. they have a surprising weakness. Now, look, I'm not somebody that believes like offensive rebounds are gonna carry you. I don't, I don't think uh, the way I I, just, I would describe it is that's not a meal, right? It's like <laughs> that's 
that's an appetizer. That's that's a dessert. That's like a side dish. That's your side salad. That's fine. It's great. It's filling. It's, it's not a meal. Your half court offense has to be your meal. Um, but I think I mean, like you said, it's just the half court offense has to be a meal, and it's just like how do you trust this Bucks team? We talk about it all the time. Their shooting just doesn't show up in the playoffs, and I think. The, the big thing with Giannis being out is that this team becomes so jump shot dependent. Yeah. Whereas just well, with Giannis and the thing is like, it didn't though. <laughs> like, I, so here's the, here's, here's like the problem with that. It wasn't versus the Hawks. Like they still kept attacking the rim. Like Brooke mm. was huge in game five. The problem is that that Hawks team couldn't defend the rim. Right. So like th- this, is it's not as simple as like without Giannis, they become a jump shooting team. Cause it's actually not accurate. The problem is, is trying to adjust what they were able to do to Atlanta versus such a better defensive team at the rim than the Suns, Right. Yeah. Like that to me is like the, is like the, a big key of this. So these are the two biggest stats I pulled today. And, and everything that I did, these are the two biggest numbers. The Suns are number one in opponent field goal percentage at the rim. The Bucks are number two. Suns opponents in the playoffs are shooting 33% on jump shots. That's the best oh. mark in the league. Now. Thanks, uh, thanks Faku Compazzo. Well, that's the thing. We got two ways to look at this, which is either they haven't faced enough sh- – like the Lakers don't have anybody that can score. The Nuggets had no guards. The Clippers were exhausted and no Kawhi. Yeah. But then, like, to Raheem's point, it's the Bucks, and none yeah. of us feel good about their – so that's another reason why I just want to be in, like – this is a, a good situation where I think two years ago, I'd be like, the Bucks should win. The Bucks should win. The Bucks will win. <laughs> Exist in such different universes. Yeah. That you, you just, you, there's no thread line there. This is Action Network podcast producer, Matt Mitchell, here to tell you our friends at BetMGM have a great new signup offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. Here's how it works. If you don't already have an account at BetMGM, just sign up, make your first deposit, and place that initial wager. If the bet wins, you get all the money. If it doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the features gamblers like us love, like live betting and daily odds boosts, Plus, they're compatible with BetSync, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. The Bucks are gonna look. The Bucks. Will, I, I look. I love what Portis has given them. Flat out loved it. Like you talked about him being bench versus Brooklyn. Fine. He was awesome versus the Hawks. He was. He, he really was, was great. 
Um, yeah. Chris will put him in pick and rolls. That's the problem. It's like Brooks good enough to contain him. Portis is not. And so Portis has to get it back at the other end. You know, if Crowder's guarding him, that gets tough. But if Mikhail Bridges is guarding him, I think he can do that. Like Bridges is a really good defender, but Bridges is definitely a, a wing defender. He's wired, sure. you mm-hmm. know, like Bobby's all muscle. It was a, I thought it was insanity that he started that last game. I thought that was nuts. I was like, what are you doing? This is madness. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it worked because <laughs> Bobby Portis <laughs> was awesome. Like that was an incredible move. Um mm-hmm. I feel like I have a hard time kind of trying to judge the Suns defense is good. Raheem, are you with me though? That like the Suns defense is not as good as the Bucks defense. I totally agree. And I, I mean, you already listed the opponents that they played. So they kind of ran good on in that aspect. Brandon, are you with me on that? Yeah, I am. But, but let me bring up though. So we, we talk about the Suns and the Suns opponents and like, it's not an asterisk. You can only play the teams in front of you. I know we all agree on that. It is what it is. They're in the finals. Why don't we do the same thing for the Bucs? Like, what we all came into the playoffs skeptical of the Bucs mm-hmm. from all that we've seen in the last few years. What is it that we've seen that has changed our minds? I think it's that, well, they're in the finals now. They made it to the finals, but they, they beat a bad Heat team that we crapped on all year long. They trailed a one man Nets team, missing two of their superstars. They lost to not Trey Young, and we're 2-2 to the Atlanta Hawks, who we didn't even know if we're going to be a playoff team for a chunk of the season. Like, what what have they proven to us? Why, why should we get, like, to me, I went into the conference finals being like, all right, the Bucs pulled through against the Nets. They won those last two games. They had to do it. It was all on the line. They pulled through. And now I'm Bucks over Suns, and then game one happened, <laughs> and they laid an absolute egg. And yeah, I but like Brandon, like, no, they still, still won in six. Like they didn't even have to go seven. Like if you just if, if like take the tenth, that you're getting too much. And uh, here's the thing: the end. Uh, this is what I've been saying about the Bucks. The end result doesn't feel like what the end result is. That's that's our problem. Is like we have this thing of like how it feels to watch the Bucks. Mm-hmm. doesn't match the result but that's also like a really key part if we're going to try and get like a, a, an, an idea of where the value is then we have to remove how it feels watching the bucks and mm-hmm. we got to be like okay like this is the this is the start to my to my bucks column i am currently writing it mm-hmm. hasn't been pretty pretty in fact it's been fucking ugly but the milwaukee bucks are in the finals I, th- I think the example that you gave on Twitter was the 2008 Celtics. They struggled with everybody. They went seven with Zaza Pachulia and the Hawks. They, they went seven with so many different teams, and they have all this Hall of Fame talent, but at the end of the day, they got it done. And I'm, I'm kind of with you in that regard. And I think their defense has been keeping them in, in, in these situations, and they've had the offense to be able to pull through when it matters. So I, I, I do think we have to give them some credit in, in that regard. Does that make sense, Brandon? It does. It does make sense. But mm. I don't know. Just <laughs> but it doesn't feel, You're like, ah, but it doesn't feel like that. Well, yeah. Th- I mean, I, the thing you were just saying, Matt, about the Bucks is that's how, that's, I, that's how I felt. I kept, you know, I would not see the Bucks play for a week or two. This has been for years now. I, I'd not see them play a couple, you know, miss some games, 
And I look at the numbers and be like, man, the Bucks are amazing. They're smashing everyone in the regular season. They're, they have this incredible defense and Giannis is crushing. And then you watch the game and you're like, eh. No, I disagree with that. See, I'll disagree with that. that I, think, I think they were dominant the last two years in the regular season. No, they were. They were. But then they you were. watch it. and No, it I, when I watched like them. Watch no, when it. I watched them, they looked amazing at times. Like there were games where they would just – I mean, even this season, those games versus the Nets in the regular season – like, and that was with two of the stars. Like, the, yeah. the Bucks came out and just fucking smacked them. Like, they would look awesome, and then the, they would run up against the wrong matchup in the playoffs, and then they would look inept. And this is what's different about this year. And I kind of thought, I was kind of curious. This is one of the reasons I was, like, like reticently tucking some money away on the Bucks, especially as they got further and further, like, plus 375 and higher to win the East as the, as the season went on, was because I was like, they're not as flashy. They're not as impressive, but they're a lot harder to beat. Like they just yeah. are able to do more stuff. Well, they're that, not that as... really, that's the Drew Holiday thing too. That's like, yeah. that's the, the floor raise that we got from Bledsoe to Holiday. That was that exact thing was like, just, just take some of the badness off of the table. Not that Eric Bledsoe was bad. Just t- take away some of the outs that other teams had and just raise the floor. And like, really, that's that's the playoffs. That's the theme of the playoffs this year. Do you have a high floor and a lot of depth because everyone else is losing guys and losing bodies and losing games? And if you can just keep that high floor and stick around, you might get more chances. And I feel like like that's again not to take away from what the Suns and Bucks have done, but they they've kind of kept a high floor and stuck around. And here we are. Someone needs to stick around four more wins, and then they're the champions. That's good enough. Yeah, but I mean that's the thing is like, <laughs> you know. They don't guess, have to. They don't have to make you feel good. <laughs> they they just got to score more points than the than the Suns four times. That's it. Yeah. That's I it. mean, to to me, that it, it just doesn't seem. I struggle with it when I look at them. Like to me, I see six guys who can realistically play. You know, like can can Brent Forbes actually stay on the floor in this series? Do yes. you really want? Yeah. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I think so. Wow. See, I, I, I assumed that he was just going to get him like, dominated. I mean, because Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker's out there. Like, do you? I, I don't want. I don't want him guarding them. Brent Brent's not guarding them. I don't think Jeff T can play. Those minutes are going to be a fucking disaster. I'll just Bud's going to play he's, him, and everyone's going to be like, "Why?" Play. Although Jeff T won them Game Six, so he, he prop, really did. Props to my guy Jeff T. But like, um, I don't think Jeff T can play. But like, look, mm-hmm. any time that Brent's on the floor. If Connaughton's on the court, then Connaughton's taken Paul. Mm-hmm. And you can say, like, well, that's a bad matchup. Fine, but it's not as bad as Bryn. They're going to hide Bryn on whoever the third shooter is. Cam Johnson, campaign, whoever that guy is. That, that's where he's going to be. And if you're like, well, they'll force them into the action, you can, but the Suns don't like the, – the Suns won't run a ton of that. And if they do, it, it's – like, you're talking about so few possessions where Bryn's going to have to guard any sort of, like – this is the big thing you have to buy some minutes you have to yeah. you know because like on the other hand it's like do i want do, do i want campaign guarding drew holiday is that is that a thing i want because i don't think i want that like you know do i want cam johnson guarding Chris middleton i don't like cam's been great but these guys are about to be pressured in a whole other way because the clippers were mostly spot up shooters and paul george mm-hmm. right like they didn't have that other guy that could apply pressure 
the Bucks at full strength, when they get Giannis back, especially have three guys that can apply, apply pressure and will scare the shit out of you defensively. I, th- I, I mean, but I think we have to handicap Giannis as well. I yeah, mean, yeah. how can we assume that this is going to be Giannis at a hundred percent? Like I'm, I'm, I mean, if Giannis comes back, yeah, we can't. Like we have to assume that Giannis is going to be seventy percent of himself. Like this let's is not. That, well, let's ask that question. So my understanding of, of, yeah. of the hyperextension, it's very painful in the beginning. It takes a few days for you to get over it, but that it's not like I don't think this is the same as a hamstring strain. No, for sure, it's not. But I think you have to look at the look at how Giannis plays basketball. Yeah. This is not yeah, a guy who can, you know, take a mid-range jump shots or can hit right. threes consistently. He has to drop to the basket and he has to use his energy. He like, I mean, you talk about this all the time. I think you mentioned it on the last podcast. Giannis will pull the ball back and reset. All of that requires his legs to be there. And if it's not there, how can we, you know, handicap yeah. this matchup as if he's Giannis Antetokounmpo, two-time MVP. Well, you don't think that he's good anyway, Raheem. So what does it matter? <laughs> no, I, I'm with I'm with Raheem on this. Like I, I, I was wanting to bring that up too. Like I feel like we look at Giannis and we think of this as binary. Like either he's out or we get Giannis, two-time MVP back. And like I, I don't think we're getting that. I, I don't know any reasonable belief why. Like we, we all, none of us are doctors, but we all saw that and thought he was out for a long time. Like none of us even thought he was going to be doubtful for game five that he'd even like nobody and not just us, but like the guys on TV the next day, the guys talking that night, nobody thought we'd see him again in these playoffs. I hope we get to see him. It looks like we might get to see him, but that doesn't mean we get to see the two-time MVP Giannis, who we still don't even really know if he can be that version of himself at this highest level anyways, because we still haven't quite seen that version consistent enough in the playoffs but but i wonder too yeah when you know let's think about very different players like think about like russell westbrook when westbrook picks up that knee injury and doesn't have the jumper and now that explosive athleticism isn't quite the same explosive and like that's his game that's the whole thing and then he just craters without that and i don't think like Giannis again different player but the knee hurt is the knee that he like pushes off when he does the euro step and and gets the rim a lot like, I, I think, I think honestly, and this sounds crazy, but I honestly think if Giannis comes back and is like 70% or whatever percent, who knows, like, I, I think it could actually clog things up a little bit. Like, if he's not the Giannis we think, and now suddenly he's just kind of another center in the way and not doing his, his stuff. That, that's, I think that's actually a really good point. I think the, mm-hmm. you know, less than 70%, a bad, a bad Giannis is going to maybe more of a hindrance than an advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to say this and I apologize for it again, wrote an entire thing about how much I love Chris Paul and I want good things for him. And he's the point guy. If you guys are going to go down this road, you have to accept the fact that there's a pretty high likelihood that Chris Paul is going to suffer an injury again. There's at least like a decent, yeah. like yeah, no, that's, that's, that's something I've thought, I've thought about. Yeah. I tweeted just like an hour ago. We are under 24 hours from the NBA finals and Chris Paul is the betting favorite to win finals MVP. I mean, I knock on all the wood. Would. like yeah, stay so. if if the bucks beat the suns fair and square so be it but please god let chris paul get his shot this series all yeah. the way through um all right so let's talk about let's talk about numbers so he, here's about betting let's let's get some value here let's find out where we want where we want to be on this um i've already put bets in 
Um, love, 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 love the Suns in game one. More yeah. rest, more time, no Giannis, tougher opponent, hyped arena, better team, the works. Like I just, as I think that the, usually I've, we've, we've talked a lot about like the, the drop off without the star and like the, the bucks kind of showed like that other effect, right? Like they played more free and more, they've played more open without, um, without Giannis. And I said that they would on heat check and somebody on this panel disagree with me. Um, and so like when we talk about this game though, I think that the, like the, the emotional wear off from the conference finals, doing it for Giannis, whatever is gone. And now you just got to try and beat the Suns in their own house, hyped up game one. Um, I don't think the value is on the bucks now at all. I also don't think the value is on the Suns. This thing is juiced, gents. It is yeah. juiced. We're at 190. Minus one. It opened minus 130 at a certain book in the desert. And it is now minus 190 at BetMGM. Um, for me, like, I do not think that there's good value when you're looking at a 65% implied probability. Uh, the no juice number on this is closer to 62 and a half percent. I don't want this number at anything below. I, I don't want anything, anything over. If you have to take it longer than than minus 130 for the Suns, I don't want it. Like I don't, I don't want to lay 130 or more on the Suns. That's like my dividing line. I wait, still wait, wait, this, wait, wait. You don't want to lay 130 on the Suns? I don't. Why? I don't think that the implied probability is good enough. I want like for me. Okay. So like that's 56. So I want it. Let's see where I want it. I want it. Uh, one fifty. I don't want at one thirty. I would take it at one fifty is my dividing line. Okay. I'm about to say, yeah, one thirty is insane. Like, I mean, with having home court with no Giannis, I mean, a team coming off, you know, they're basically playing six guys. They don't have DiVincenzo. Yeah, but even and, then, man, and, even but even then, man, like again, the Bucks are really good. Like they're just like you could list all this stuff that you want. The Bucks are a really great team. But see, I respect it, but at 130, I'm willing to ship it. That's and, fine. But but we're, and, we're at, but it doesn't matter because we're talking about 190 now. Yeah, well, 190. Okay, I agree with you. Saying that, and I agree with you. I'm I'm definitely in on Suns game one. Yeah. So if you are totally in on Suns game one, now you only need to win three out of six games. And now like, like, don't we like that line shifts even further. So if you're giving Phoenix game one confidently and you only have to get three out of six, then I think even your minus one ninety is still a good number for you. If you're like that it. sure of game I, one. I, I don't like it. I think that's too narrow. Now mm-hmm. what I did take, uh, I like that they grouped these, uh, but MGM's got, Suns four two or four three at plus one fifty. So Suns win. They don't win a sweep. They don't win in five. Yeah, and I'm getting. Mm. I got a plus number on it. I like so that. So I, I looked at that as well because mm. I mean I think it sounds like we're all leaning Suns, and it sounds like we're all leaning something like Suns in six. That's a road closeout, but that's what the Suns have done. I think in all three series now, right? Three road closeouts. So it's not a thing that they can't do for me though. I'm looking, okay. So what, what do I like for the series? And if I'm thinking about sons and six, what's my next most likely outcome 
for me right now, my next most likely outcome is not Suns and seven, it's Suns and five. And then I'm stuck between those two. And I don't like it anymore. Yeah, I just, I, I think if, if, if you go down, I think this is a dangerous rabbit hole where you start to get too hyped on your own analysis. Mm-hmm. Right? And like the, this, you mentioned the Hawks series, Brandon, that you're all like, ugh, they went six games with the Hawks. Like, this is the thing is these teams are got to the conference finals. They're going to win two games. Like, I am not surprised the Sun that the Hawks won one of those games. It's just like a, it, it was, it was a random thing. It was just like, the sun shot the or the Hawks shot the ever loving lights out. They happened to do it in that game. Trey Young was out. The emotional boost. They were at home, et cetera, et cetera. Like Bucks get to a game four, right? And they're you know they they split in Phoenix, and it's a game four, and they're down two one, and just like Middleton goes supernova, and you're like the Suns outplayed them. Part of my thinking is I do think that Bucks are going to get one of the first two. And I think at that point, I can get a much better price on the Suns. I think the worst value on the Suns is right now. I don't think you're going to get a better number. That's my opinion. I feel mm-hmm. like, though, you're making a very narrow path for the series because you're very confident that the Suns are going to win game one. and But you think that the Bucs are going to get one of the first two, which means that yep. you're also equally confident the Bucs win game two. And then, like, it's... It's just it's a very specific path for how things have to go in the Well, I would if not for my dream, Brandon, I would have gone eight and one on sides in the conference <laughs> finals. <laughs> so. so the the way that I would play, so my response to, to your bet, you know, bet MGM has has the two together, the the Suns in six or seven. Since I don't like that as much, my way that I would play Suns minus one point five in the series, which means that the Suns win in not seven. Anything yeah. less than that is plus one twenty. So that w- that to me would be my bet. I don't think they need to go seven on it. If it the longer the series goes, the less I like the Suns because I think it's going long because Giannis is back and playing effective basketball at some point. So I, I that means I get them in six and then minus two point five. So that's Suns winning in five or less is plus 225. So then if you want, you play the minus 1.5, you sprinkle a little extra on the minus 2.5. I'm not even sure you need to do that though, because you can just keep it at the plus 120. And now you're getting, you're getting Suns at plus odds just to not win in seven. And if you do really think that they, like if you watch the first couple games, you're like, man, yeah, they really have this matchup or Giannis really is back, but not feeling it. Now you can just bet one of those road money lines and, and like, you don't need to play the 225. You can just play the game instead. So I don't think that I like the double play that way. I do think I like the Suns minus 1.5 series, though. All right, Raheem. We've gone through this entire thing. You haven't put bets down. Are you just going to go ahead and lay the 190 and be done with it? Um, I think I am. Because I think if I'm going to assume that the Suns win game one, then – and Giannis is going to come back into like game three. I think I have an advantage there and I can, you know, I, I put myself in a position to where I can get off of it later. So I think I'm going to lay to one ninety. I like that. Okay. Uh, I don't think you're going to get the best of the number and you can get that. You can get, you can double down later, right? Like you can take the one ninety now and then add on to it. If you get sons at, you know, one thirty, like we talked about or yeah. better after game two. Right. Like, yeah. I, if we expect the Suns, so this is part of it, is like if we expect the Suns to win, then I think the number on the Bucks is going to be pretty 
healthy in game two. So we won't we won't talk before that before now. But Matt, the question yeah. I have for you: Do you think this series is tied two two at any point? It's only really the one point. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's one point. <laughs> I'm, I'm asking that because and he means in any way. Do I think? Yeah, regardless oh, of how it. I get I there. Um, pedantic mother. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm not certain. Like, I could see it being three-one Suns. Mm-hmm. Like we just saw Suns three-one lose game five, right? Yeah. Like we just saw it. Um, the fl- I'll say this: the floors on these teams are not exceptionally high. Uh, when the Suns don't look good, they don't look good, Brandon. Like the offenses are not exceptionally high is what I would say to amend that. The defenses have been so good in the playoffs that I think the floor overall is high. Yeah, I agree the offense is, is yeah. the problem. That's fair. Um, that's fair. That the offenses, the offenses floor are really, yeah. Are really yeah I agree for sure with that. So again, I think this leads us to, I, I think Suns and the under is the play for game. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think you nailed it with the under. And then when you yeah, look at the fact that Chris Paul has always paid us, played a slow pace game and you have another team in the Bucks who struggled to shoot the ball. I think that lends itself to our under. Like, I think that's probably yeah. the sharpest play that's been on this podcast. I got, I got to give that up to you to Matt because I wasn't even thinking about it. So, so what do you guys think about in our Slack, uh, our guy at action network, Joe Delera brought up, at BetMGM, you can play the Bucks to win the series after trailing at any point in the series, plus 500 right now. That seems like a very solid play to me because I think we're all agreeing that even if we like the Suns, the Bucks are certainly live, certainly have a chance to win this thing. And like, how do the Bucks win the series without trailing? They win game one, but they're not going to sweep the two Phoenix games. So now it's one one. And then they go home and they win again. So they're up two to one. And then like that, like that's it. That's the roadmap is they've got to win game one and they got to win game three. Otherwise, like they lose tomorrow. They're trailing the series. They lose, you know, in game three or like there's, there's so many, especially because like we said, Matt, we're assuming that Giannis is probably missing these first couple of games. Like that sets up perfectly for the Bucks to trail a little bit. And then Giannis comes back and whatever version of him pushes them over the finish line plus 500 compared to the odds that we're getting on just a Bucks winning the series. Like I feel like however the Bucks would win, it would be coming from trailing. It, yeah. it's, although it, 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 it basically means that they have to win game one for that, for that bet to not feel good to me. And I, yeah. I, I think it's a good, I think it's a good insurance bet. If you, especially if you're someone we we've had some guys on Twitter reaching out to us with their, their big Phoenix futures you know, guys with like 60 to one and, and things like that. Um, Raheem never likes to hedge, never, ever, ever, ever. But if you're going to hedge the plus 500 for the Bucks to win the series after trailing at any point, seems like like a decent spot to consider doing something like that. Be- because like if the Suns do win game one, the Bucks aren't going to be plus 500. It's not going to hit that long of an odds, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't mm. think I don't think that's a bad play uh, at all. I think that mm-hmm. that's. I think there's probably it, it, th- those props are are interesting at least. I think you. 
it's weird because it just it, you i started to worry about like are you getting too narrow are you limiting yourself like what's what's the value there but i do think that there's some i, I do See, think i don't I, I don't like to box myself in a quarter in that way because i think if you they drop the first two games that's that's yeah. about the that's about the price it would be you, you and know, then you are like a mormon you only want missionary it's just you want, <laughs> like, just straight up sides and totals for raheem palmer meat and potatoes i, I mean i just think i think you back is i mean there's things i like like i called you know chris paul 42 to 1 to win the mvp a couple weeks ago so it's just like I have to really – if I'm going to step out of that box, I got to be getting something big. But I think in this situation, you box yourself in a hole before you even get a chance to even see the series play out. Like it's just I, – I just – I don't know. I struggle with it. If I, if, I, if, I, if I knew that Giannis Antetokounmpo was coming back and he's going to be healthy, I'm taking that all day. But I don't want to play yeah. – I don't want to play doctor. <clears throat> if, uh, Another but, thing that uh, – some props that BetMGM has up is you can bet on, you know, I'm the props guy here on our podcast and action network. They've got a bunch of player props up. You can bet on like over under total points for the series. Yeah. And that one's interesting because you get to kind of factor in how long do I think the series is going to go and how well do I think this player is going to play? So you can, of course there's no Giannis numbers up because they wouldn't put that up. We don't know what's happening with them. But for example, Chris Middleton over under 43 and a half rebounds for the series. So if you like the Bucks, if you like the Bucks in the series, or even like the Bucks to contend and hang around in the series, you have to like them long. Like you're not picking the Bucks to win four or five, especially if we don't think Giannis is going to play. So if you like the Bucks, you probably think Middleton's going to have a good series. Middleton's going to play huge minutes. He's averaging eight rebounds a game in the playoffs. And now, like, he could get there in five games. Even if the Bucs lose in five, he might get to 44 rebounds. But if you like the Bucs, you figure that you're probably getting to game six or game seven. And, like, the, the, some of the props are very playable at BetMGM. If you have a good feel for, I think this series goes long or I feel like this series goes short. Like, the same way when, when you do, like, a one-game parlay and put some of the things together and you kind of have to build the narrative and say, okay, here's the story that I think happens in this game. And here's what that means for this player. Same way you would do it on a Super Bowl bet. I think you can do that with some of these season long props here. And if you feel like you have a narrative or a story that you're, that you're counting on, I think that there's some serious advantages there. Like I think Middleton, if the, if the series goes long, Middleton could have like 60 rebounds or something. And so some of those numbers I think have real value to them. Uh, mid is plus 600 drew holiday plus 850. You guys got uh, finals MVP takes. My, my finals MVP take is I, I don't feel like there's a lot of great value right now. Do, do we know, will these odds reopen again each game? Yes. Like, will, will okay. Mm-hmm. So my, my take then is, uh, Giannis is 350 right now, right? Uh, yes. At, uh, let's see. That's no, four. He's 450. Four. He's going up. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's, he's 450. So, so my take, so I already have Chris Middleton at 27 to one from, or 2,700 uh, from a few weeks ago. And I got Chris Paul at 12 to one. So I'm not playing any other finals MVP bets. I've got my two, I've got two great tickets in already. I'm going to write it out. If I want to add to it, 
I think my position is nothing right now. Wait a couple games while the Bucks probably like the narrative sets up really well for Giannis. If the Bucks fall behind and he heroically comes back in game three and then the Bucks win the series. Like I know we said before, Middleton is, is the closer. If the Bucks are good early and get an early game, it's probably because of Middleton and now it sets up well for him. If the Bucks fall behind, the Suns get game one, then Giannis has to come back and be the hero and everybody likes him. He's got the center of the narrative and all that stuff. I think if he's already, you know, four to one or, or higher now, and those odds are only going to go longer as he just doesn't play games, then I think that's a play that I feel really good about, like going to game three, if it looks like he's likely going to play. And I don't know what the odds look like at that point, but like if it's Suns up to zero, then all of a sudden the, you know, the MVPs are going to be all Suns guys because they're never going to give it to a loser. So I, I think nobody yet, but I like, I like the long-term Giannis play a couple games from now. What do you guys think about that angle? I think that I think that that's I think there's good value there, right? Like, yeah, I like that. If nothing else, it's like a decent hedge against like you can put if you want to go heavy on 190 on minus 190 on the Suns, go back the other way. And like, yeah, the only concern I think you have there is again, like if we're wrong as we're recording this, we're gonna be way wrong, and we're not talking to you guys until after game two. But like, if the Bucks come out and win game game one tomorrow because Middleton goes off for 40 right then like everything changes now it's like look the bucks the bucks only got to win three of the next six and the bucks are going home and Giannis is going to get healthy uh and chris middleton just scored 45 and set the tone and became the series leader like everything can change really quickly in the 24 hours after we're done with this podcast um but i think from where we're sitting right now and when people will listen to this yeah i think that there's good value on that uh if you want if you like playing both sides which not, not everyone does. Raheem does not. But if you like playing both sides, like I like, like go in on, you know, Suns minus two and a half. And then, and then with a small piece on Giannis at plus 500. I don't think that, the, I think that there's some yeah. value. That's, that's mm-hmm. an okay position. I have a question. I mean, because the thing that jumps out to me is that if the Bucks are going to be, if the Bucks are going to win this series, it's going to be because Drew Holiday locked down either Devin Booker or Chris Paul. And if there's no Giannis and they're going to take one, let's just say they take one of these two games, I think he's going to be the biggest reason why. So it's like, why can't he win finals MVP? I think he can. Like, I, I think he's he's 16 to one right now, right? Like I put, I was putting that on my list as if I, if I had to play somebody at the odds right now, I think that that's the bet that I would make right now because the reasons that you said. My problem is, I think, yes, if we think that that's what happens, that he takes CP or book out of the game, he puts up a big line, he's been more aggressive, he's scoring. Like, if, if those things happen and the Bucks win the series, then Drew Holiday has a good case for MVP. I just don't think all that happens. Like, maybe he can do those things, but if, if Drew Holiday is the star for the Bucks and doing all those things, I don't think the Bucks win the series. Here, here's the, the thing. Problem for me. The, only guy, well, the only time that guys have won MVP for playing defense – was versus LeBron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And no matter how good they are versus CP or versus Giannis or versus whoever um, or Booker, it's it's not like you have – you got to do it versus – LeBron even had great games in those series. Like, yeah. you know, it was basically like we would give it to LeBron, but he lost. Yeah. You know? yeah. 
So that that's yeah. that that to me is like why you can't go in like defense yeah. will never get a like the, the voters are, are that they will that will vote on this are very smart experienced writers mm. that I think deserve the vote. Yeah. At the same time, like defensively, you're never going to stand out enough. I think no. to carry it. Um, so let, let me, you said at the top of the podcast, we we're going to get Brandon's irresponsibly stupid bet. At some point. Oh, I'm excited. Let's go. It's time. <laughs> Allow me to make a fool of myself. I'm going for the Danny green Memorial finals MVP. Danny did not win finals MVP, but we all recall the series when Danny was just hitting every shot, every shot, he was going to win finals MVP. If, uh, you know, Tim Duncan had been on the court to get a rebound or any other number of things. <laughs> I want to talk about it. So your Danny green Memorial finals MVP. And let me make the case for Jay Crowder. <laughs> Jay Crowder. All right. <laughs> let me make the case. Come no, on. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just... go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Look, it's going to be one of the, like the five main guys. It's either CP or book. It's one of the three buck stars. I just, I was looking at saying, okay, if it's not one of the five, who, who can I talk myself into as a long shot? So here's the reason for Crowder. When the Suns are good, Crowder is almost always a big part of why they're really good. And that was the case with the Heat last year, too. This is what Jay Crowder does. He's the bellwether of success for your team. This postseason, Crowder has scored double-digit points seven times. The Suns are 7-0 in those games with a plus-120 scoring margin. He's hit 3.93s a game in those games at 52%. In not those games, the Suns fall to 5-4 and four at minus 16, and he's 22%. And we've all seen it. Like, we all, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The first quarter starts, Crowder hits an early three, he's confident, and he just starts shooting irrational confidence all game, and he's just piling the threes on. Or he misses those first two shots, and then he just, like, won't even shoot for the next two quarters. And Mikhail does the same thing, but doesn't run quite as hot and cold. So we have that. We know that when Crowder scores, when he hits those threes, the Suns look really good. And on top of it, Crowder just lit up these very Milwaukee Bucks last year in the playoffs to knock them out. He had a great series against them. He averaged 15, 6, and 2. He had 4.4 three-pointers a game in that series. And I know it's a long shot, but look, here's why it's a long shot. It's 150 to 1 right now. Jay Crowder literally has the same finals MVP odds as Javon Carter. That's so disrespectful. <laughs> this is a starter in the NBA finals. At least make my man like a hundred to one or something. Just saying 150 to one, just a little tiny taste of it. And when he comes out and puts up like five threes in game one, you start dreaming a little, you know, it's, Hop on prop swap, make a little cash. Raheem DeAndre Aiden is 20 to one. And our guy says, no, no, no. I'm going further. I'm, that's not I enough love, for me. 20 to one on Aiton. Not enough. We got to no. go deeper. Got to go for, for the long ball. Shoot for the stars. Oh you end up God. on the moon. I and love the, it though. The thing is, I'm going to bet. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to bet it right now. I'm going to bet it. <laughs> and I'm going to cash it out after like game five. Exactly. Use when that Crowder's cash been out cut to like minus 150. I'm going to try and get out of it. Like I just... It's, it's a ridiculous long shot. Be responsible if you're listening to this. However, 
However, MVP is a ridiculous small sample size award that we base on four games, not even seven. We only care about the four wins. It's a ridiculous award. We should have a playoff MVP, not a finals MVP. Why can't Jay Crowder hit like 23s in four wins? He absolutely could. He absolutely don't put up huge scoring. They could have more balanced scoring numbers. It's it's in the realm of possibility, and it's higher than like 0.7 percent of a chance. I'm just trying to imagine the voters are going to vote in this being like, <laughs> being like, well, your well, achievement award, that, that Jay Chris Crowder. Paul, I know that, that Chris Paul is there, but like we're going to have to get you know what is there like 11 voters? We're going to have to win this like five to three to three, like a few <laughs> votes for Giannis on a on a heroic comeback few for the career achievement for cp like maybe a, maybe a booker and then like jay crowder wins the plurality with four votes that's how did you win your here. 150 to one bet a hung <laughs> jury that's that's the path right. <laughs> um all right i'm gonna go ahead and put sons uh, i've put sons and the under parlayed i got that 155 uh i'm on sons minus five and a half um, I will tell you right now that regardless of game, well, not regardless, I will, if the Suns win tomorrow night, I will be on the Bucks in game two. You can check out Heat Check on Tuesday and Thursday this week uh, for more on the series. We'll have it before the game. You can be able to get updates on injury mm-hmm. statuses. Great information. It's on Action Network HQ. That's our Twitter handle. Make sure to follow the guys in the app and on Twitter. We'll have more stuff coming for you. For Raheem Palmer, for Brandon Anderson, everybody enjoy the finals. We'll be back on Friday morning. We'll record after Thursday night's game two with another episode of NBA Finals Action Network Podcast. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We're finished talking. <laughs>